I'm Sean McCormick, and this is Optimal Performance. Isn't atrazine the one that makes the frogs gay? It's a, it's a gender, it, it's an endocrine disrupting chemicals. It's really important to have all your ducks in a row. When we sued Bumblebee and Chicken of the Sea and Crown Prince and Kroger and Walmart for selling contaminated oysters and clams, these had so much lead and cadmium in them, one dose would harm the developing embryo or fetus. There's so much lead in these products. It's like, um, that's like equal to about 30 glasses of, of drinking water from Flint, Michigan. So that's in one serving. That everyone is David Steinman. He's an environmentalist, journalist, consumer health advocate, publisher, and author. And he's the author of the new book, Raising Healthy Kids. And in this episode, we cover a lot of fascinating topics, including protecting your children from hidden chemical toxins in your everyday lives. We talk about the importance of voting with your dollar. When you buy products without gnarly toxins in them, you are supporting brands that do things right. We talk about how the ingredients in hair cream can cause infertility. We talk about toxic levels of lead and cadmium found in mussels and oysters. We talk about Cancer Alley in Louisiana. And this is not meant to scare you or spook you or anything like that, but rather to raise your level of awareness for the hidden toxins in the foods and products that we use. And this is a pretty straightforward podcast. You know, David and I don't agree on everything, but that's okay. I am happy to uh, allow him to share his wisdom with us in this fascinating episode. Before we jump into the podcast episode, I just want to say thank you for being here. Every time you listen, every time you give a five-star review on whatever platform you listen to, it really helps this podcast episode. And if you get value out of it, Support our sponsors as well. Listen through the ads and they always come with special offers and great prices with discounts on awesome products that I've tested. You can also find me on Instagram at McCormick or join the newsletter at seanmccormick.com. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, David Steinman. And I'm here with David William Steinman, author of Raising Healthy Kids. David, welcome to the Optimal Performance Podcast. Oh, it's great to be here. Good afternoon. Hit me with that, uh, with the subtitle of the book, if you will. How to protect your children from the hidden chemical toxins in our everyday lives. And yeah. that's, it's a mouthful, but it's what we need to know today as parents. Absolutely. Yeah, this is near and dear to my heart. And I know that there are a lot of people listening right now that have kids uh, or nieces and nephews. And, um, and it's a little scary. So hopefully... The book contains some solutions, some things that we can do, some things that are actionable, because it's a little heavy. Uh, I, I just posted on Instagram yesterday a video of myself gathering water from an artisanal well. Um, uh, we don't, we haven't drank tap water in my household in over 15 years, and um, it's all spring gathered from a really great spring down the street from us, and. Um, and I think, I believe that not drinking tap water has made uh, made made my brain better and prevented me from um, um, from being zombified a little bit. And, and, and I think it's reflected in, in the health and the cognition of my children. So let's maybe start with, uh, let's start with, actually, I might edit that part out because that was sort of a non sequitur. Let's maybe start with the test results, because I think that's an interesting portion of the book. I think it's a cool hook for people. It looks like you did a bunch of research and testing into everyday products that we use in households across the world and across America. 
Tell me a little bit about the study and the testing that you did on uh, on products from companies like Dove and Whole Foods. So I'm uh, in California, uh, where my nonprofit, the Healthy Living Foundation, is based. I'm what is called a um, citizen enforcer. And that means that we bust companies that are exposing persons to chemicals that cause reproductive harm or cancer when they're found at harmful levels in products such as cosmetics and foods, and they're not disclosed to California consumers. And the penalty for each violation is $2,500. So some companies can really run up the amount of civil penalties that they owe. The law has real teeth. But in order to affect the law, we have to do a lot of testing. So my group is constantly in the trenches testing products. And I'll, I'll give you some examples that are in the book about products that aren't labeled for their harm, but that really are quite harmful. Um, we One of the stories that I tell is about a hair a hairstylist from Orlando, Florida. And this is during the pandemic, by the way, so it's a really interesting story. Um, so she's working, They all, all her clients and she herself, they all have curly hair, like me. We're all among the curly hair tribe. So we're doing, we have to do a lot of different things because our hair doesn't lay flat, you know. And people with curly hair do tend to use more hair care products. People with curly hair also can tend to be uh, persons of color, um, uh, black, uh, and um, from other ethnic groups. Um, and the products that are used are often overloaded with chemical toxins, but the consumer isn't told. So this hairstylist in Orlando, Florida was um, uh, recommending a product called Diva Curl to all of their clients because it supposedly held curls really well in the wet Florida. And, and by the way, I hope everyone is okay in Florida. We wish them the best because we're actually podcasting during Hurricane Idalia. So yeah, we're thinking of them in many ways. Um, so anyway, um, her clients and she were using these products and they were designed for curly haired people. Well, after months of use, they began suffering problems like infertility, scalp burns, um, irritation, uh, um, immune dysfunction, and no one knew why. And they were coming to her and telling her because she was their stylist, well, look, you know, I'm having trouble carrying my pregnancy or I had trouble or I can't get pregnant. And what I talked to this hairstylist for a documentary that I participated in called Not So Pretty, that's streaming now on, on Max, which is formerly HBO Max. And you can see it there. It's from Amy Ziering and Kirby Dick, two really excellent um, uh, documentary filmmakers. And we explored why she and her clients were getting so sick over time. Um, uh, the person that is in the book, Raising Healthy Kids, lost all of her hair, as a matter of fact. And she appeared without a wig bravely because she wanted to show people what she was going through. So we finally figured it out that these products are being overloaded with a chemical called quaternium compounds, are commonly known as quats. And if you look on your cosmetics today, You'll see them, particularly in air conditioners like trimonium chloride, b handle trimonium chloride. They all have this monium uh, portion in their uh, name, and you can see them. But the cosmetic industry is completely self-regulated. Now, what they're not telling you about these quats 
is that they induce infertility. Also, these quats are the same ingredients used in Lysol spray disinfectant and other products used to kill the coronavirus. So we've been using them in our hand wipes, in our environmental sprays, and they were putting them into the, um, the hair products for curly haired persons because they repelled water and also acted as preservatives. So they were really cheap to use. But for curly haired people, these products were being overloaded with quads. So they weren't, her clients weren't only using one, but they were using two, three, four, five, six products on their hair. And, and they were having these scalp problems or as I, as I said, or infertility issues. And um, we finally figured that out. And I tell the story of how, how the stylist, you know, realizing what was happening and wanting to have a family. Um, she was, she's only in her early, late 20s, early 30s at most. She wants to work in the industry. She wants to be a stylist. She wants to be healthy, right? So she went on to detox. She stopped. She started really, really examining labels and finding safe products to use. And there's a lot of safe products listed in Raising Healthy Kids. Fortunately, you can get past the marketing hype of companies like Diva Curl into products that really are safe for everybody. And once she did, well, now she's got a really beautiful young son. He's, I think he's three years old. Beautiful curls. It took about a year of detox, mm. going away from plastic completely as much as possible. And you no know one can do it completely, but as much as possible. And um, detoxifying through their selection of cosmetics, personal care products, household cleaning products, foods, the whole 360 degree view. Now, um, and she became pregnant. But interestingly, I spoke to a lot of other hairstylists to write Raising Healthy Kids. And during the pandemic, because so many of the stylists couldn't work because people weren't coming into the salons and they were all, the ones I was speaking to were all having infertility issues. Once the pandemic began, they went through a baby boom because they weren't mm -hmm. using the cosmetic and hairstyling products anymore. Mm. So, um, you, you know, uh, this is so relevant to, to, to everyone today. And um, this isn't just for hairstylists. Look at your kids, you know, like walking into one of my kids' um, bedrooms, which is, I'm, and I'm really conscious of this stuff. And I try to instill it into my kids too, as much as possible. But they, it takes a long time for them to learn. And meanwhile, they're using products with tons of um, quat, either quaternium compounds or phthalates, which aren't disclosed on labels. Hmm. So Diva Curl was a big case. And I was happy to be on Not So Pretty and kind of sleuth it out as to what I thought was causing those issues. Hmm. But there are many more examples in raising healthy kids from big brands, you know, nut butters. Um, that have way too much of an industrial chemical like acrylamide and they're not telling you. And we've sued these companies in court and their strategy is to just um, extend the litigation as much as possible to keep selling at a profit. That I mean, that really is their strategy. It's really yeah. cruel because acrylamide in, in nut butters, like um, we sued Justin's nut butters in court. And acrylamide is an industrial carcinogen. It causes endometrial and uterine cancer in our daughters. It's not safe at the high levels being found in the companies that we've sued. It's not safe for our kids. Today's episode is brought to you by AG1. I first heard about AG1 on other podcast sponsorships like Joe Rogan Experience, and it really is the number one go-to 
to cover your bases for nutrition. I take AG1 first thing in the morning. It's part of my morning routine. I wake up, I head downstairs, put one scoop of AG1 in about eight ounces of water. I shake it up and I chug it down. And I know that my nutritional bases are covered. The things that have the greatest impact on your health are the things that you can do every single day and you can stay really consistent with. And for me, AG1 ticks that box. I do it every single morning. I travel with it and I know that my nutritional bases are covered. Since I've been drinking AG1, I can tell after about 15 or 20 minutes that my body starts to wake up, my brain starts to wake up and it really starts my day off on a really high note. So if you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drink AG1 com forward slash OPP. That's drinkag1.com forward slash OPP. Go check it out. Yeah, that's, that's, an, I, I like that we start there with that little anecdote because I think most of us who have either walked into a hair salon or near a hair salon kind of, it doesn't ever pass the Smith, the, the smell test, right? You walk in and immediately you're just bombarded by all these aromas and all these smells and stuff, you know, and, and, and one thing that I, that I've noticed is, you know, if you, if you don't use aromas in your home, if you don't use fabric softeners on your clothing, or, you know, you don't use the tides that have this like really punch. Yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. you actually acclimate and you become more sensitive to oh, these yeah. smells, right? So now when we go for walks as a family, you know, sometimes cars will drive by where you, you can smell cologne yeah, and Febreze and air fresheners and cars. And it's just like a fog of aromas. And I heard somebody say once, there is no such thing as a clean smell. <laughs> like all of those aromas that you smell on clothing, that's, you know, using those detergents and so forth. Like it's, 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 it's really not good for you. I want to ask a question that, that's sort of logistical and in in sort of the the uh, litigious nature of this. Are some of these product companies um, aware of these harmful chemicals and just factor that in uh, to their sort of business model that they yes. know that they're yes. going? Yeah. Okay. Yes, we have to so, fight that. Lay, lay that out for me because I think it's an interesting point. They know they're going to hurt people. They know they're going to cause infertility and they just say, okay, well, we may, we may kill, maim, harm, or damage people. We may get sued for that, but that's, it's still worth it because of the bottom line. They, they do that all the time. And that's why it's so important that as a citizen enforcer, our group always goes for the most civil penalties we can get out of any case. We put a ton of work into the pre-litigation portion because that's when you get a quick quicker settlement that benefits the public instead of litigating it. And it's really important to have all your ducks in a row. When we sued Bumblebee and Chicken of the Sea and Crown Prince and Kroger and Walmart for selling contaminated oysters and clams to consumers. And these are ethnic consumers who will use them in their marinara, their ceviche, these had so much lead and cadmium, the one dose would harm the developing embryo or fetus. When we sued them, we knew exactly who their importers were. We knew where they were being caught in the Bohai Bay of China and Korea, uh, South Korea. And we had our ducks lined in a row. All five of them combined to try and take us on in one action and litigation. 
and we won consent judgments with every one of them. So in California, when you buy your oysters and other canned shellfish, and I wouldn't buy them from China, I would boycott them because it's so bad for your health, whether you're of childbearing age or um, just, there's so much lead in these products. It's like um, five, 600 parts per billion. That's a lot of lead. That's more than a, that's like equal to about 30 glasses of, of drinking water from Flint, Michigan. Oh. So that's in one serving. And then you have cadmium too, because Flint only had lead. So all the oyster products in California must be labeled for this reproductive hazard. And that's because of our group's work. So yeah, these companies are as cynical as you get. And you want to know something else about them all? They all lie. They all lie. They all lie about their, about their employees. They lie about their number of units sold. They lie about their test results. Mm. Um, there is only one honorable company that we dealt with in, in all my time, and that was Patagonia. We caught them selling mussels with very high levels of lead. And they were from Spain, so they thought, well, it's from Spain, so it must be safe. What they didn't know is that we had thoroughly researched our case, and these mussels were take, being taken from estuaries where there was a long history of gold mining and other forms of mining, and all the heavy metals from the mining were coming into the bay and contaminating the oyster products. So we told them about it, and they initially challenged us a bit, but once we presented our evidence that was published peer-reviewed studies, analyses of consumption that we do that we're very good at, they looked at it and said, you know what? We don't want to poison our consumers. So they settled the case and they never lied about anything. And I think I buy Patagonia products. So, you know, you can bust somebody and you have to. It doesn't mean everything they're doing is bad. In the case of Patagonia, for the most part, they're doing a lot of good things. I've bought their products because they use sustainable and recycled fabrics. And I think that's really important. I, I hate to cut you off, but I didn't realize that Patagonia provided food products. Yeah, they do. They 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 began doing that, and um, um, they were offering canned mussels. As a matter of fact, well, listeners can go online, and if you're in California, be sure that your mussels from Patagonia have that warning. Okay, if you buy them, and again, I, I advise against it for anyone of childbearing age. It's a lot of lead. From a so-called healthy food it's not it's the fault of um humankind's uh, pollution of the planet i want to do a lightning round with you because there's a lot of stuff to cover and i and i and i want to i want to i just think this would be fun and interesting sure. um and so i'm gonna i'm gonna give you a number of categories and i would love for you to score on a scale of one to 10, 10 being very serious, pervasive, as serious as you can get as far as harm, and a one being like, eh, not so much. Um, and are you up for it? Sure. This is, cool. be good. this is going to be good. Okay. So we're I'm talking about environmental exposures, and this is the lightning round. So 10 is very serious. One is not so serious. Um, air quality. Yeah. Water quality. 10. Food quality. 10. EMF exposure. 10. Plastic. Uh, 21. Ooh. Uh, aromas. Mm, eight. Cleaning products. 9.5.
mold mycotoxins? Tim. Clothing. Clothing. Oh, I'm going to give it a 10 because of the pervasive environmental impact of our clothing choices. Gotcha. Well, that's pretty serious. <laughs> so which of these categories would you like to speak a little bit more? We've got air, water, food, EMF, plastic, aromas, cleaning products, mold, and clothing. Which which of those deserves further exploration? Well, well, they all do. I'd speak to all of them. You know, when I wrote Raising Healthy Kids, it's a 360 degree view of your life. It's really about everything in your body. And it's really a body aware book, bodily awareness book. So, you know, I gave aromas only a slightly less uh, rating um, because some of the most common um, problems associated with them are acute, like allergies, skin irritation, although they can be real signals of other toxic chemicals. But you, this is all a manageable problem. I break it down into your cosmetics, your foods, your home, your um, school, your child's school, um, and tell stories about each subject. And it's very manageable. That's the thing, Sean, is people throw up their hands and they say, I can't handle this. There's too much pollution. There is too much pollution, but we're the grown-ups in the room. And it's very important for us not to lose our heads over this thing and get it under control. And that's why really what I'm writing about is the anti-toxics movement and personal activism because every shopping choice you make now, like every breath you take is sound by the police, every choice you make when you're shopping affects the planet and expresses your activism. The reason we why we got, why we have an organic market today, why we have our choices with organic safe cosmetics or safe uh, cleaning products is because of people who are buying these things and creating the market through their shopping dollars. They're voting that way too. And that speaks loudly both to manufacturers and also to um, Congress. So we just got this year some legislation that will help with uh, making cosmetics a little more safe. Uh, it's not enough. You need to read the book to be safe. But at least our voices are being heard. And if we get more pro-consumer people and, and anti-toxics movement should enlist everyone. It should be from all. This is so universal we just need to drop whatever other things are going on in our lives that divide us and realize these chemicals are poisoning all of our kids and they're making society dysfunctional so when i say it's an environment it's a personal problem uh it is but when i say it's 360 degrees that means i'm also thinking of uh our our future generations because we were talking about plastics i gave that a 21 because chemicals like phthalates are often in products like cosmetic products, for example, uh, baby products, and I tell which ones contain them. And these are microplastics. Phthalic acid is where plastics are made from. That's petroleum, that's global warming. So when you start getting smart enough to stop buying plastic and putting it in your child's brain, so you're causing them to have uh, loss of IQ or uh, changes in behavior, gender behavior. When you stop buying plastic, um, you're affecting your child, but you're affecting the the uh, a global warming because plastic is one of the reasons why we're using so much petroleum. So all of these, you have to take a 360 degree view, but I really break it down and make it easy. I really tried 
to write this for like a mom or someone who's pregnant. She doesn't want to read. She's too damn darn busy. And, um, but if you read the first few words, you'll get hooked because I didn't waste any words. I gave people solutions. I went down to Cancer Alley, uh, St. James Parish, New uh, uh, upriver from uh, New Orleans, and uh, worked with folks there to make sure that everything I did and recommended, uh, most of it could be affordable at the lowest budgets. Like how you mentioned filtering your water, one of the most, and testing it, one of the most important things you can do is filter your water. You know what was in their water in St. James Parish? Atrazine, a chemical herbicide phthalates, plastics, dalapon, and pentocyclohexidine, which is being used to make chloroprene, chloroprene uh, neoprene. And isn't, this isn't is in the water. Isn't atrazine the one that makes the frogs gay? It's a, it's a gender, it, it's an endocrine disrupting chemicals. And what's happening to society is that because we're all, we're all drinking the Kool-Aid, you might say, we're all being exposed to phthalates. So they're really impacting the underlying neurobiology of society. One of the reasons why we have um, uh, just greater, everyone is being impacted. So when you're asking about is atrazine, the chemical that's known for uh, uh, gender changes, it's known for causing ovarian cancer. And I'd rather focus on that because yeah. that's the harmful thing. Yeah, you know, um, I'm totally supportive of everything else. Um, in uh, uh, that has to do with gender because we're all being influenced. We should realize that. The bad thing is that atrazine causes ovarian cancer and other cancers. That's what's bad about it. And it's in their drinking water. The bad thing about phthalates is they shave IQ points off the developing fetus. And that's been in their drinking water. So I went down there and I said, what can we do with folks who have like $17,000 a year income? Do I test or do I filter? I said, we're gonna supply you with water filters. And we brought some down for folks down there, because I don't want you to spend your money on testing. I want you to get protected. I know what's in that water. I've done the research. I've gone, that's why I'm down here. Yeah. So in that case, for $30, you buy a, um, a water filter, knowing I tell you which brands in the book that will filter out uh, PFAS and other phthalates and other chemicals. That's where you start if you've got 30 bucks. You know, you're really right, Sean, on the water issue. Yeah. It affects pregnancy uh, outcomes and um, causes different kinds of cancers. This is in human epidemiological studies. It's not theory, it's fact. This episode is brought to you by BioPro Plus, the non-synthetic HGH alternative that works so incredibly well. And I'm gonna to talk to you about how I use it and why I love it. And then I'll tell you some of the details about what it is and how it works. Number one, I do not exaggerate when I tell you that BioPro Plus is the most effective supplement I've ever taken to enhance vitality. So that's energy, metabolism, that is sleep, that is libido. All of those things have been enhanced since I've been taking it. And so many of my coaching clients and you listeners can attest to that. It's super simple. It's literally the first thing I do in the morning. After I wake up and use the bathroom, I unscrew the cap to a little tiny vial of the liquid, and then I just pour it underneath my tongue, and that's how I start my day. I can usually start to feel it after about 30, 45 minutes. BioPro Plus is the faster, easier, and safer non-synthetic alternative to painful, expensive, and invasive anti-aging and hormone treatments. Before you do TRT, before you start taking a bunch of herbs that may not make you feel the way that you want to feel, you should try this. 
Go to bioproteintech.com and use the code OPP for $30 off. You know, you know that a sponsor is a hit when people who have purchased it reach out to me and say, holy cow, Sean, I tried this and it's amazing. It's blowing my mind. It makes me better at everything that I do. I love having sponsors like this that really make a difference in people's lives. And this product is, it's absolutely incredible. It's growth factors and amino acids that will help you improve your hormones, become better at everything that you want to do. So go to bioproteintech.com and use the code OPP for $30 off. Before we wrap up down the road, I do want to talk about some solutions and hopefully you can give us some, some specifics um, about, you know, what people can do, something, something simple, something in effect or something effective and cheap, maybe free even that will help uh, people uh, protect themselves. Um, I read somewhere recently that there's plastics now being that's coming out of snow clouds on the top of the Himalayas and that we're like breathing in plus microplastics um, basically all the time. Um, well, let's go to the solutions now. Um, when it comes to plastic exposure, plastic inject ingestion, breathing, like we can't live in a bubble. So what are some things that we as consumers can do to protect ourselves from, um, from the harmful effects from plastic? Well, I think, I think the main thing that uh, consumers need to do it, it well there are several things and it depends on which area you're talking about first of all you must buy cosmetics made with organic uh, ingredients or as close as possible and i detail which ingredients you should look out for because uh, cosmetics are a big source as i said of phthalates and phthalates are little plastic molecules that's why they hold in the fragrance they're they have a heavier molecular weight and they're used eventually in uh, petroleum refineries to produce that uh, they're from phthalic acid which um, is also used to produce plastic so your cosmetic choices are hugely important in when shopping what, it, what the containers you're using now are so important you know um when i when i go out to eat now and i want to take food home or take that last cup of coffee i bring my own uh, stainless steel coffee cup and my own stainless steel serving where that they can just put any leftovers in. It's really important because I don't want to, that plastic will shut off. You know, those styrene cups make the coffee taste disgusting anyway. I mean, but, you know, the, so, but it's, you know, these are the little things we do as personal, in personal activism that make a big difference in our lives, but also in the health of our planet. So when you go out to eat, yeah, plastic, get rid of it by taking your own um, takeout wear and, and, you know, cup for if you want that extra cup for the road. Um, don't use so much single serving plastic wear. And when you're shopping, uh, look for brands that issue plastic. You can buy a lot of products in bulk and you can avoid plastic that way too. Um, I think it's, it's also uh, really important when you're shopping on Amazon to reduce the kinds of plastic that you're using. I'll give you an example. I had to buy a new garden hose for the home, a hundred foot garden hose. And all the ones on Amazon, if you look, they'll say made from PVC. Well, PVC is polyvinyl chloride. That's the chemical that was released in the February Railroad derailment, railroad derailment in East Palestine 
and that's uh, contaminating that community now. But if you look, you can find hoses, for example, which I did. They're not perfect. They're made from either recycled polyurethane, which is a type of plastic, or polyurethane. But at least they eschew the PVC that is causing so much harm and that sheds when you're using the hose yourself. Also, the hose I bought just happened to be lead-free in case the kids want to drink from it or I want to use it for other reasons. So, you know, when you're shopping on Amazon or anywhere, look for PVC. Like right now, everyone's going home to, to going, going back to school and shopping for backpacks and stuff for their kids. So all the backpacks will say made with PVC as if that's a good thing. Start seeking backpacks that are free from plastic and PVC. You can find them. Hmm. So I, I, I think part of being part of the anti-toxics movement uh, is just being getting smarter every time we shop and just making a few more conscientious choices. I try to make this, I do make it really simple in the book. Um, and that's all you need to do to be part of this movement, to protect your own health, protect yourself from plastic, but also start thinking about the folks in Cancer Alley who have to live near those plants making that plastic, where the ethylene oxide is being spewed into their air. You know, we're all connected in on this planet and we're all connected across this uh, beautiful country of ours, from California and Seattle down to Cancer Alley and uh, Beaumont, Texas. We're all brothers and sisters. And we should be thinking about our brothers and sisters. And I've been there. And they don't deserve to be exposed to so many carcinogens in their air and their water. And, and our personal choices make that can make a big difference. I think that's a really important point. And, and just to reiterate what you've said about like voting with your dollar. You know, if you if if you buy fewer single-use plastic water bottles, then the market will dip. They will make less of them. You can impact, you can actually impact the manufacturing demand on some of these products if you just stop buying it. I mean, uh, I can't imagine, I mean, I, I can't imagine how pe some people still are drinking you know, a uh, 12 ounce Aquafina bottle, single use. Um, it just blows, blows my mind. It just takes a little bit of preparation. The investment in a stainless steel water bottle like this, that, uh, that can prevent that. But you're right. You know, if you, if, if we all stopped buying that stuff, it would, people, you know, manufacturers would be forced to change. Uh, I, I want to go into the deep, deep end with you uh, because this is a hot button topic for me, which is uh, injections when it comes to, toxins when it comes to vaccines it's it's something that i'm super passionate about and, and because i haven't read the book yet i'm curious do you do you delve into um uh, vaccination schedules for children no um I, I stayed completely out of the vaccination debate i will tell you this though that we published my company freedom press published a book uh, by dr lon jones and it was for people who weren't being vaccinated and it was about studies being done on a substance called xylitol, which is a, a, a sugar that's actually used to prevent cavities, but it also happens to um, disarm the coronavirus. And um, a number of published peer-reviewed studies have been out now that shows that xylitol is really very helpful in preventing its adherence. So Dr. Jones' advice was uh, to give your, uh, this is not like, there's a lot of things you need to do, but we published a book that showed that xylitol is very important to preventing adherence of viruses and bacteria um, in the very, very lining of the nasal cavity where the virus was building up. So it inhibited its, its buildup from the inception. And one of the disappointments I had in the NIH 
is that these studies, uh, a company called Clear funded these studies, but they were done by throughout in multiple countries by independent researchers. And NIH should be funding these studies. This is a cheap and simple and inexpensive way to protect people. Um, if another respiratory virus starts circulating, uh, we recommended at least for the coronavirus, certainly if you're not vaccinated, but even if you are, you know, wash your nose thoroughly. That's what Dr. Jones recommended with a xylitol saline solution in order to protect yourself. So we really tried to address that issue um, in our own publications. Yeah, xylitol, we have, we have xylitol gum at my house. Uh, we, we, we chew a, a fair bit of xylitol gum. I didn't realize that it was protectant in that way. That's that's pretty interesting. Oh, well, I'll have to get you the book, Sean. I'll, yeah, get, yeah. I'll, I'll get you the book later. Awesome. Um, I want to go back to... Um, uh, maybe we can we, we can talk a little bit more about detoxification. Um, you know, I think that for adults, there's things that we can do. We can we can exercise. We can fast. We can sweat. You know, as a way to you know to to we can excrete as a way to you know activate detox pathways from all sorts of heavy metals and all sorts of other things. Um, but I figure that it's probably a little more challenging to address detoxification with children, you know, they're going to be less tolerant to sit in a 155 degree sauna like I love to do. Um, what are, what are some solutions that, that parents can, can go to when it comes to detoxification for children? So that's, that's really interesting on the sauna because we actually interviewed a practitioner here, Dr. Rachel West, um, who who uses sauna detox. And it's been well documented, by the way, for your listeners, in very a lot of peer-reviewed studies that sauna does reduce um, organochlorine and, uh, and uh, other types of chemicals. Um, and she actually does do it for children at a, a much lower temperature, of course, and for a shorter period and under supervision and not when you're pregnant, and, you know, but it is very good for detox. But with kids, uh, getting them on an organic diet is one of the biggest proven ways of reducing their exposure to nerve toxins called organophosphates. These are the pesticides sprayed on your bell peppers and strawberries and peaches and apples in order to prevent pests. But these sprays show up multiple times on the foods that you eat. So studies have shown that when kids go on an organic diet, the level of these organophosphate nerve toxins in their urine, which is where they're measured, is reduced to almost nothing because they're not persistent. So get your kids on an organic diet. There's a myth that the organic diet is more expensive, but I don't believe that anymore. I do a lot of shopping on Instacart, and I find that if I look for bargains and shop my stores and maybe buy the three-pound packs of the organic blueberries frozen, that's pretty reasonable. The carrots, the cucumbers, the lettuce, the apples, the Fuji apples, the Gala apples, you know, they're all about the same price now as the conventional. So it's really important to prefer the organic. It makes a big difference in your life, your children's life. And I tell a great story in the book about kids in Salinas. Uh, when I first started covering pesticides in California, um, these kids went to schools in Salinas, California, which is where strawberries are, and lettuce are growing. And their schools were all surrounded by fields being sprayed with pesticides, diazinon and other nerve toxins. So I went there during the pandemic, I went back to the schools. And they were all surrounded by organic strawberry and lettuce fields. And I called up one of the teachers, Oscar Ramos, and I said, Oscar, what's going on here? 
They said, well, it's because of consumers like you buying all those organic strawberries and all that organic lettuce over the time that more farmers are planting organic and they're planting them right by the schools. That makes it much easier for me to teach the kids. It makes our kids a lot healthier. So it's a win-win situation all around. Your, your own kids will detox, but you know what? Kids throughout the country are going to detox too because you're lessening their exposures too. Real story. Mm, that's cool. What about for the cynics or skeptics of us who maybe don't trust the organic uh, certification process. I know that I know that there's it's in my research recently, you know, some of the or some of the organic certification has come into question. You're spraying glyphosate on one field half a mile away. There's an organic farm. You know, the air blows and blows some of some stuff on there. Is it is it is it fair or unfair for for me to be skeptical of the of the organic certification? Well, it's fair to be skeptical of the baby, but I, I wouldn't throw it out. The um, organic industry needs a lot of improvement. We've sued a number of companies or started the uh, litigation process for organic ingredients that have too much lead in them. And that's an area that they need to tighten up on. And, uh, but overall, when I... I, I look at the monitoring reports, California monitors organic foods and conventionally grown. If you look at the real reports, organic foods are so much cleaner than conventionally grown foods. It's, it's, it's a true thing. And I admire the organic farmers because I garden and I, you know, I'm looking at my peppers and I'm going, it's really hard to grow this stuff without pesticides. And the fact that they can do it, that they can grow apples without pesticides, you know, or nectarines and peaches is incredibly talented. And by the way, you know, we're, we're doing this podcast now in late August. I got to tell all, all the listeners, organics, um, apricots, peaches, nectarines, plums, they are all on sale now. So go out there and enjoy those great low prices. Buy in season. That's another great way to go organic. Elaborate on the buying in season. I, I like that. Well, well, it's really important because it, it is a way to stay on budget. And um also, it reduces transportation-related greenhouse gases because you don't have to buy your strawberries or peaches imported from Chile, for example. And um, you can go to farmer's markets, too. And you feel a little more connected with the growers there because often it is the grower who's selling their produce. So um, buying in seasons is just a great way to, 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 to save, you know. And I write, I share, you know, what fruit foods are in season for every season, which veggies, which fruits. So, you know, you know what to look for, but you'll know by the pricing too. Like, you know, like I said, all the soft skin fruit right now is really good price. Although interestingly, I think blueberries are going to be more expensive and I've kind of seen the price rising. And that's because I've been growing blueberries here too. And, you know, we do grow, I know you grow them in the Northwest, right? We grow them in Southern California too. And mine got knocked out by that global boiling period we went through in July. It was really hard on the blueberries here. And there's a lot of commercial organic blueberry farms in Southern California, like in Ventura, where they grow strawberries near the ocean. Hopefully that ocean breeze saved them because anywhere else, you know, blueberries do not tolerate global warming well. So, you know, that's again, just kind of the 360 degree view I try to take on, on, what, what I'm writing about in healthy living and about healthy living and raising healthy kids. 
what what portions of the book did we have we not covered thus far that you think are important to include in our conversation? Well, the the my last chapter is about activism. And I write about how parents can teach their kids to be activists, maybe how to write a letter to their representative or how to testify. And I share really beautiful stories uh, from folks who are trying to stop uh, fracking in um, in the Pittsburgh area of Pennsylvania about a mother and daughter activist team. And, you know, the funny thing is, it's like parents are supposed to be teaching the kids, but kids are really teaching the parents. So I know that even though I'm saying, mom and dad, this is how you teach your kids to be activists. What I'm really doing is saying, hey, mom and dad, here's how you are activists because you got to be the best example. So I really like that the book ends on how to transform all your personal decisions into um, uh, acting locally, but also affecting things globally because um, the book is filled with a lot of hope. You know, if you're if you have kids, you have no choice but to have hope because that's what we're leaving them. So we want to leave them a better planet. And, and I know if the, if what I write about in Raising Healthy Kids um, were prescribed and this kind of public education were done, we'd have a much healthier future generations and a much healthier planet and society. I, I appreciate that. Uh, it, I think it's easy, you know, and I tend to gravitate toward, <laughs> admittedly, toward the doom and gloom and the conspiracy theories and you know it's it, i just I, I just pay attention and i read a lot so i inform myself and it's easy to get mired you know in the negative stuff but that's just not very productive and so when you talk about activism um and preventing that sort of jadedness that i think can come from you know, um, you know, negative news cycles and, you know, salacious headlines and so forth. I think it's an important thing to, for me to remember for myself. And I think for my listeners right now is like, do vote, vote with your dollar and do something about it. Don't just sit there and complain and, and bitch about the state of the world, like do something, make, take some sort of action. I think it's an important message. You know, you know, that that's the inspiration I got from writing the book. When I see folks like Sharon Levine, uh, from St. James Parish stopping a big chemical plant like Formosa Chemical, fighting for her community, or folks whose kids have suffered thyroid cancer because they moved to the wrong community in North Carolina. And I see the, how they've recovered from these terrible assaults, chemical assaults, and now they're activists and they're trying to save the planet. You know, we don't have any choice. We're gonna vote one way or the other. If we are smart, we're gonna vote. And if we don't act so smart, that's also voting with our shopping dollars. So why not just be smart, okay? That's, yeah. that's you know, just be a little bit smarter than you were yesterday. Yeah. And you can be part of the anti-toxics movement. I try to make it really easy in raising healthy kids um, because we have no choice as parents, as I said, to, to have some hope that we can make this planet a better place for them. Mm, beautiful message, beautiful. Um, before I ask the final question, which is a fill in the blank question designed specifically to catch you off balance, uh, where, where can people find the book? Where can they learn more about the, the work and adv advocacy that you do? So raising healthy kids, you can go to amazon.com and, and put in the search bar, raising healthy kids in my name, David Steinman, and you can uh, buy advanced copies. Now it'll be out from Skyhorse publishing in January, 2024. It's also available you can put it into a Google search bar, the name of the book and my name again, 
and a lot of independent booksellers, Barnes and Noble and other booksellers will also come up where you can buy it too. So it's widely available. And um, I'm at davidsteinman.us. You can visit me there. Um, our website also is healthylivingmagazine.us. And we have a lot of articles about health and stuff there too. So those are some of the places. Oh, Twitter, uh, by David Steinman. Instagram, David Steinman underscore author. So please, please visit Twitter and um, Instagram. I love seeing uh, folks on, on those sites too. Awesome. Okay, so the, the the last question, like I said, is a fill-in-the-blank question, and it doesn't have to be specific to the book or even specific to to anything in particular, um, But and you can elaborate as much or as little as you'd like, but please fill in the blank. Everyone would benefit from knowing... A little more than they did yesterday. Wonderful. I've asked that question hundreds of times and I've not gotten that response yet. So thank you, David, for joining me today on the Optimal Performance Podcast. Oh, this has been so much fun, Sean. Thank you so much.